The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, hoop ballers, and welcome. To your January 30th edition of Hoop Balls DFS Today. I am your host, Santino Cocone, and I am here with your Saturday sensei, uh, Aaron Asmus. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Doing really, really good. The Kings are Kings are playing well. Um, wish my DFS teams were doing a little better, but hey, can't have it, can't have everything in life, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't. And I, I called you the Saturday sensei or sensei because one's it's two S's and two. I've been binge watching um, Cobra Kai lately, and oh my, yes. <laughs> now now that's what that's where that came from. We're um, gonna have to have another full three two hour pod on Cobra Kai and the brilliance <laughs> of Cobra. Yeah, I'm, Kai. I'm, I'm finishing the second episode or second season. I've been binge watching it hard the last couple of days. Uh, very easy watch. Twenty. I love the twenty minute shows that you can just bang right through. Um, but yeah. That's here, neither here nor there, but uh, we will get into a nice eight-game slate. And uh, I think this is the first Saturday that uh, we don't have an early game, uh, like the the three o'clock, the two o'clock, the one o'clock, five o'clock. Thank goodness, yeah, right. Uh, we're we're having all of these start at eight is the earliest game. We have four at eight, two at eight thirty, um, one at nine, and one at ten. So we're we're pretty pretty close we should have most of this information we hope uh, by the initial lineup lock which for a saturday that's crazy and there's only one slate on here and before we get into it i do want to shout out our guys over at my bookie uh, every time you listen to one of our podcasts whether it's mike myself i know we are big on my bookie i love it i can't wait to bet the super bowl that's going to be in just over a week man uh, that's a big one um right now i know i know last time i was doing a pod uh, podcast with Patra. He said he was going bucks. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be a good one, but uh, definitely if you've been listening to this podcast, if you know me, you know Mike, you know us, uh, we don't give our stamp of approval out easily. It, to, you have to earn it. And to do that, you have to be the best at what you do. And my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple, guys. If you want to join, sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. So head on over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best, bet with my bookie. I also want to shout out our guys over at Manscaped. Uh, they're sending us some stuff. Uh, we should... Aaron, we should be getting some stuff in the mail very soon. Uh, I know we both. I know we live on different ends of the 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 coast. We have different coasts over here, so I don't know how quickly one comes into one of us and <laughs> to the other one. But we'll we'll figure that one out. Um, but they also have a bunch of new products, and one of them is the Weed Whacker. Uh, they have a. This is their new product, just released: the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven downstairs. Uh, the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for an easy operation and cleaning. Uh, you can use it in the shower. You can rinse it off in the in the sink. It's it's awesome. Uh, but the only it's the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use on a single charge. Uh, so Manscaped is making your w- whacking your wheeze a time to look forward to. 
uh, and delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. So if you want to join on, in on the fun, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code HOOPBALL20, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0, at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOPBALL20. What are you waiting for, guys? Go whack your weeds. And Aaron, it is about that time that we get right into this slate with the first game, the Milwaukee Bucks at the Charlotte Hornets. This game tips off at... Uh, I know Aaron was saying the the good time is 5 p.m. West Coast the time. The real time. <laughs> the <laughs> real time before we headed on onto the podcast. But the, the real real time is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and we have, I believe we have a spread for this one. Yes, we do. Uh, the over-under is 227.5, and, and the spread is 9.5. The Bucks are giving as road dogs. Uh, so let's jump right into the Bucks, man. Ooh, wait, let me throw out the injury report really quick for us. Um, I don't believe we had them. Let me give me one second. I just had it up. Yeah, we didn't have any. We don't have any for the Bucks or the Hornets as of right now. Uh, I know the most are on the back to back, but let's jump right onto the the Bucks band and how you feeling about uh, this matchup in particular. Yeah, it's a good one. It's one I've been trying to attack for a good majority of the season against the Hornets interior especially uh they got a little bit better with Cody Zeller who's just a pretty solid all-around center uh inter- defensively especially and I think this is a pretty good spot for them um, unfortunately I'm not entirely sure how we're going to be able to get uh afford these guys you know Giannis is uh, is 10.8k Chris Middleton is expensive at 8.5k Drew Holiday, 7.2K. So I really like the spot, but I'm having difficulty fitting them into cash builds. What about yourself? Yeah, so I I think, like you said, these are a fantastic spot with the two pace-up teams. I'm going to try and get exposure to each of these guys in different lineups, depending on how many I play. But there are a lot of options on the slate, so I'm probably going to wind up getting more uh, Holiday and Middleton exposure than I do Giannis, but or or Holiday in general because he's the cheapest of those big three. But yeah, it, it's it's very tough on a on a bigger slate to get a lot of these guys um, in yeah. there because there is the blowout potential. Yeah, there's definite the Hornets. They're on a second night of a back to back. You know, they're coming off um, a pretty surprising win, honestly, against the Pacers. But there's definitely some uh, letdown potential there, I think. And the, and the Bucks just lost tonight, uh, so maybe they just come out firing on all cylinders, and they don't have to really play too much in the fourth. But uh, that's the that's the thing that gives me pause too. But uh, let's flip it on over to the Charlotte side, man. Is there? Can you feel more confident playing some of these guys uh, with the expected with the possibility of the game environment turning ugly? Yeah, I, I think there's two guys I really have my eye on. Um, I got to lead it off every single podcast. You know, <laughs> it's uh, PJ Washington at six point two k. He's he's been playing awesome. I think he's he's had a really really nice year overall. He's shown a really nice leap uh, from his rookie season. And Borrega is the Charlotte Hornets coach is trying to get him more run at the five, and that happened a lot tonight against the the big Pacers uh, with Cody Zeller getting into some foul trouble. So I, I think his role is just so, so secure. And he has 
as kind of the only offensive big and he's the role man in their, in their system. Um, I think he's just kind of always a pretty quality cash game play. Uh, Whether, whether or not I want to attack him in this spot, you know, it's, that's probably remains to be seen, but I think PJ is definitely in play for tournaments. I think there's still definite upside uh, at this price tag. And then the other guy, um, I don't really want to do it, especially against the Bucks, who I think can take away a lot of his game. But Lamella Ball is all the way down to fifty six hundred, which is just crazy considering we were, you know, we were just clamoring to pay in the mid seven Ks for him two weeks ago, and after a couple bad games, he's he's all the way back down here, and uh, kind of my stance hasn't changed on him, just especially when he's this cheap. The way he plays when he gets minutes is so conducive to fantasy scoring. He's getting a bunch of assists. He's getting in passing lanes for steals. He's already one of the best, if not the best, rebounding guard in the NBA. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's in play for cash games at 5,600, as crazy as that sounds against the Bucks, But uh, what say you? Yeah, so I'm not too keen on a lot of these guys, but I – PJ, the two people you mentioned, I, I kind of have some interest. PJ Washington, less so, just because he's going to be matched up with Giannis a lot, uh, right. and that could get him into foul trouble and could be uh, a challenging matchup for him. But Lamelo Ball, man, we were just close a couple weeks ago. It, it's or it seems like yesterday, but it was a couple weeks ago. This guy was nearly eight K. He was at seventy nine as his high price, and now yep. he's all the way down to five six. I know he had since then he hasn't been uh, what he was doing recently, but he just played thirty minutes tonight and he closed out the game. And for a rookie, that's big. Um, and also the blowout potential, which could be whether it's a blowout or not. Even if it is, he's going to see minutes because he is a rookie and they want to get him on the floor. Uh, again, this is a tough matchup, but fifty six hundred. That's t- I, at, at nearly 8K. It was way. It was a lot, very high priced. But 5600. Yeah, I, I can take chances on him both at cash and in GPP, knowing that uh, he should be able to see another 27 plus minutes here, uh, wh- whether it's a blowout or not. This is a uh, not a great environment for him, uh, especially with the Bucks being able to be beat uh, by the three ball. But uh, yeah, Lonzo Ball or Lamelo Ball. The, the younger brother is in a good spot here, and he's he would be my favorite play on this team. Everyone else, it, it's I'm not too high on just because I don't know if I can trust them in this game it's environment. Too, too big of a slate to to try to pick on the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, uh, especially coming off a loss, I think they're going to be pretty angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, let's flip on over to the next game. We we ran through that one. Let's go to the Portland Trailblazers at the Chicago Bulls. And we should, on the injury report front here, we have uh, quite a few people. We'll st- I'll start with the Bulls because it's less. We have Wendell Carter Jr. and Devin Dotson both out. On the Blazers, we have Zach Collins, uh, CJ McCollum, Derek Jones Jr., Joseph Nurkic all out. Robert Covington questionable with a head-slash-concussion injury. Um, that's that's still up in the air. I don't, I don't think he'll play, but there's been so many crazy things this year <laughs> i can't guarantee that one but let's start with the blazer side knowing that there are some big injuries out here at least three guys who were starting and maybe a fourth starter not in this uh matchup for them which is a very very fast-paced matchup both teams aren't the greatest defend at defense uh, but who are you who are you looking here yeah, so the Blazers, this is kind of, I'm going to refer to it as the Coors Field game. 
the the Bulls, in case our basketball listeners don't know, don't know, Coors Field is like far and away the best offensive uh, baseball baseball park where just home runs and just tons and tons of offense. But the Bulls uh, essentially have become probably the second best team to play against behind the Kings this season. Uh, their 112.8 defensive rating is 26th in the NBA, in the NBA, and they're the second fastest paced team in the NBA with 104.5 possessions per game. Um, and as you already mentioned, the Blazers are just incredibly shorthanded with probably two of their most important usage guys still out and potentially two more rotational player players out. And kind of all that leads to Damian Lillard at 10.6K just being an, an incredible play. Um, I, I think the only down uh, or negative I can think of in this matchup is just just his price tag being kind of in this Luka, James Harden, Nikola Jokic range where Dame is so reliant on scoring that if he's not scoring 35 real points, it's it's going to be kind of it's still going to be a difficult tag for him to pay off. So I mean, I want to play him. I, I I'm definitely trying to build some lineups. I'm going to try to build cash lineups with him as the the core build around piece, uh, especially with this incredible game context. But he just might be too expensive. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, and I'm kind of with you. I, I want to have some shares on him. It depends on how many shares I can get. Uh, but this is a great game environment. Though he is, just like last, I, I know last slate I was on with him, but there wasn't as many options. But now you do have the Giannis's, the Lucas. Yeah. Uh, there, he's in that range. And, and it gets a little, uh, with eight games, if you want to get more value, we can go down a little bit. I mean, there, there's uh, Curry there against Detroit at nearly a, a grand less. So we'll get to that soon. So I don't know how much Lillard I will have. But I'll definitely have a few shares depending on how many lineups I get. Uh, and then outside of him, I do want to go back to the well on Mello. They, they might have to play a lot smaller. I, I know Wendell Carter Jr. is not there. Daniel Gafford hasn't got a ton of minutes. So they will probably throw Mark in. They'll probably throw Thad Young. And maybe Portland counters with a small lineup of their own and throws Mello at center. Who, who knows? It depends on if Robert Covington plays. Uh, if he doesn't play, I, I will go back to Mello at 5'5". Five, five. I think that's a very good price tag. You can look at Trent Green, uh, Gary Trent Jr. again, uh, Anthony Simons with no Derek Jones Jr., Rodney Hood. I mean, there's there's value to be had here. I won't have multiple. I won't have three or four, three of these guys in my lineup at every lineup. But I'll, I'll take different right. shots in different lineups with them. And I think, especially if Robert Coving, if Robert Covington plays and he jumps back in, I would like him over Mello in this matchup. Uh, but if he doesn't play, you're getting so many. You're, you're missing four starters on this team. It's Lillard and then four new starters, so a lot to go around about the guy with those guys that I mentioned that will the usage will bump to. Uh, also, Lillard gets the bump into it, but his price tag is where it is right now. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's. I think you nailed it with the Portland guys, and then Dame. It's just man, like you, you're paying Luca, you're paying Giannis tag, but I, I can't imagine a better game context than this for mm-hmm. him. So. And then, uh, and then his four starting mates are out. So, right, exactly. Uh, it, it, it makes sense why people would go to him. Uh, but if you don't want to go to him, yeah, especially if Covington's out or if he's in, he's an option. There's going to be a lot of value on this team to be had, and that's yep. where I'll look. I, I'm pretty sure most of us are going to look right there first, uh, depending on what this crazy injury report 
continues to give us on a daily basis. Agreed. Um, but let's flip on over to Chicago, man. We have the Bulls going against what may be all backups outside Lillard. Uh, so, and we had Zach Levine in the mid nine Ks not too long ago, uh, but now he's dropped under nine K, and then we have everybody else pretty much under seven K, fairly priced, knowing that there's a, a somewhat solid usage to go around or minutes to go around without Wendell Carter there, and then who knows who's going to miss the game. But how you feeling about the Chicago squad? Yeah, really good. Uh, I think one. I know. I know we're, we're normally cash game guys, but. I think one tournament angle I want to take for sure on the slate is just stack this game up and have a, a Damien, Zach Levine build-around team, get some of the value in this game, and just kind of really key in on this game environment. As I think I think it's just awesome. You know, the Blazers aren't a particularly fast team, but they're also 28th in the NBA defensive rating. So they're – and with missing <laughs> – as we keep saying, four of their starters. So they're already they were already one of the worst defenses, and now they're missing most of their good defensive players. Uh, but I think Zach Levine at eighty eight hundred perfectly in play for tournaments. I'm not going there in cash games; just a little too expensive. And everyone else is kind of expensive though. Uh, when I was looking for cash game values, they're they're just a little bit too priced up with their new roles without Wendell Carter Jr. in the lineup. And I haven't really, I'm not really gravitating towards anybody. So I think other than in tournaments, I I love this game in tournaments for, you know, if you want to game stack it or get some Lori Markinen, Kobe White as as like a lower owned tournament piece. But for cash games, these, these guys just aren't making my build. And I, and I like that. I'm probably I'm going to have some exposure to this game on both sides of the ball, especially in tournaments. Uh, for cash, I, I think most of the prices, like Levine 88 is a good price tag. Uh, Kobe White, marketing, they're teetering on the line of do I want to pay that yet uh, for a bigger slate like this. I think they're both, they both can bring back value at, at where they are, and I would lean more towards marketing. I'd like to match up slightly more. Uh, but there are some other options out there that we can look at as well. One guy I'm looking at in particular is Thad Young, knowing that he's been seeing center minutes, knowing that he's been seeing power forward and couple small forward minutes at uh, 5K. And this is going to be a theme so far. There's a lot of guys around 5K that I can I can build a, a quality team around. And I, yeah. I like I like his matchup regardless, especially if, again, especially if there's no Covington. He's going to go against Enos Cantor, uh, Carmelo Anthony, two people who – uh, to be quite frank, aren't good at defense. So that's and this guy's that's being more... very kind to say. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be defense. more kind than than not uh, about their defensive inefficiencies or deficiencies, I should say. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and Thad Young's a hustle guy even at this stage of his career. So I mean, five K for him, I like him uh, more than a Otto Porter Jr. who has blow up potential, but also has uh, fade into the the background potential with his on and off injury of his back. Then there's Garrett Temple. I, I think Dad Young is the guy that I feel most comfortable with uh, for everybody that's marking and down. So I'm going to have a fair share of him in this in this matchup. Um, and I forgot to mention before that this is a uh, of the four uh, games game lines that we have. This is two thirty three and a half, which is by far the highest. And the the spread is the Bulls minus one at home. So it's a Perfect. Yeah, it's a, it's the highest spread we got, and that's why there there are some good options there, and all very cheap, outside of the two big guys. 
Game Stack Central. Let's do it. <laughs> I like it. So let's go on to the the next game, the Sacramento Kings at the Miami Heat. Uh, we don't have one. We don't have a line for this one. And on the injury report, we have, <laughs> as usual, or we don't have anybody on the Kings, but the Heat are just littered with question marks. Um, so we will have to figure out what to do with that. We have Udonis Haslam. I don't know why I started off with <laughs> <laughs> with you know, with Haslam, <laughs> but we have Haslam. Got to know, gotta know <laughs> right. if Udonis is playing or not. You guys got to know about it. I'll start off with him, and I'll start. Iguodala's next. He's all. Those two are questionable. Big guys there. Uh, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Avery Bradley, also all questionable. And then we have Goran Dragic, Mo Harkless, Myers Leonard, Chris Silva, all out. And then Gabe Vincent, probable. So, uh, and then the Kings, we don't have anybody. I'll start. I'll start this one off on the Kings side. Um, to me, this is very hard to talk and give advice on not knowing who the hell is playing on the other side of the ball. Uh, right. they might not have two of their best perimeter defenders in Avery Bradley and Jimmy Butler. They don't have Goran Dragic, who's not bad on defense, defense himself. And then, uh, but they have most of their interior core, uh, front court, I should say. So their backcourt options, looking at deer and Fox, I kind of want to play him, but at the same time, if a couple of those, if, if those two, Butler and Bradley play at 8,200, I'd rather just pay up for Zach Levine. Yep. Uh, so if they don't play and he's going against Kendrick Nunn, I like him a, a bit more in this matchup, but that's for right now, I'm, I'm going to take him out of my player pool and, and put him on the um, possibility and to enter later. Uh, but everybody else, I, I don't want to play much Rashawn Holmes. It's not a bad price tag, but again, he's, he's going against Bam. So I don't want that. I don't really want many people on this team, uh, unless there's more injuries. Halliburton at 49 is not bad for me. Maybe Whiteside if he's going to play 15 minutes, but that's, it's been, it's, he's been trending up. So, uh, if he's going to be playing the 20 minutes that he played in the last game and a two point, uh, win then against the Miami, his old team, the team that didn't want him anymore at 3,200. I would give him a look there, but uh, that's more of a GPP play. I don't think there's, to me, there's not many people safe in the cash game on this side of the ball. Yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. Just, this is all the Kings regulars are fairly priced up for their roles. And Miami's a decent defensive team. And we just got done talking about one of, you know, just uh, absolute home run game environment in, in the last game. Uh, the one guy we'll push back on a little bit is Tyrese Halliburton, who still hasn't, who for some reason only got a $100 price bump. And we kind of saw his just in this last game here where he played 33 minutes, flirted with a triple-double, 10 points, 11 assists, a block, a steal, six rebounds. And that's just kind of who he is as a player. He's definitely, he's a, he's a stat stuffer and he got, he got the Lamella ball treatment where his price tag was all the way up to 6,700 two weeks ago. And then after kind of having, you know, four or five, I wouldn't call them bad games, but maybe bad for fantasy games. Uh, they, they just priced him down all the way down and he's uh, a guaranteed, he has a guaranteed workload on this team and he's taking over, as the the secondary ball handler uh, when Fox is not on the floor and even sharing uh, that responsibility when Fox is on the floor. So getting filling the shooting guard slot for 4,900 guy, I can be relatively confident is going to get probably 27, 28 minutes, somewhere in that range. Uh, Even in a rough matchup, 
I, I think it's just too good a value, value to pass on. I like it. And then you're saying there's another guy in that 5K range just about yeah. that is, yeah. is nice here. It's, it, it's been a theme so far in two and a half teams. Um, but let's jump into the heat, and I'll try and sort this out quickly. I, I honestly – but it, but it's, it's too hard for me. Right now, I, yeah. I know looking at the injury report, if it stands and these questionable guys don't play, Kendrick Nunn is – at 6,200, I'm throwing him in there pretty much everywhere. Uh, that I, that price tag is a little bit higher than I'd want, but if if there's not going to be Drogic's already not playing, if Hero and Butler don't play, it doesn't really matter about Bradley on this side of the ball. But if Hero and Butler don't play, or at least Hero, uh, Kendrick Nunn's going to get a massive amount of usage in in a nice matchup. But if they do play, I don't really want Kendrick Nunn, even if he starts at point guard. Uh, that, that's just going to be something that I'm going to have to monitor, and we're all going to have to monitor throughout the day. Are these are Hero and Butler playing? Because that's a lot of usage that's going to go around uh, to Nunn, to Bam, Duncan Robinson, uh, to more of these people. Kelly Olynyk plays better when there are more people that can get him the ball in better spots. So maybe he comes into play, but we had mentioned so many guys that I, I already like at 5K. I'm not going to. To me, it's pretty much... Uh, are, are the hero and Butler playing? Because then I like, if they're not, I like Kendrick Nunn. If they are, um, I'll have less exposure to most of these guys. I might have more exposure to, uh, Duncan Robinson at 53, knowing that he's going to be finding him his open shots more often playing off these guys. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just very, very dependent on the news. As you said, I think if more of these guys are in, they're a little tough to fit into builds, even though they are cheaper. I, I can't imagine Jimmy Butler plays more than 28, 30 minutes if he were to play. Uh, Tyler Hero came back in the last game, played 31 minutes, probably going to be around the same uh, minutes workload if he plays. Um, if you know, and if both of those guys are in, that's going to knock Kendrick Nunn out of play. Mm. So I think the one guy we can confidently talk about is in his role as safe is is Bam Adebayo at 9,200. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is a fairly decent individual defender, but I I just want to attack the Kings defense when I can, attack this game and uh, attack Sacramento game environments when I can. And Bam has really taken a step up this year. You know, he's really evolved his offensive scoring workload. He's his usage rate is bumped up. Five percent. His assist rate has bumped up five to six percent, and he's maintained his elite efficiency. You know, he's even increased it uh, five five or six percent uh, true shooting percentage, and that's just awesome to see that he's just kind of taking that next leap into from star to probably pretty close to superstar at this point, especially with how good he is defensively. So I think the price tag is more than justified at ninety two hundred, and whenever you can get the Heat who play relatively slow in a really great pace-up spot against a, a bad defense, I, I think that's a really good building block for cash games. I like it, man. And let's, let's continue this quick hitting and firing on all cylinders out here and go to this next game, the last game that starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the best time of all the standard yeah. times. <laughs> um, and we have the Houston Rockets at... New Orleans Pelicans. We do have a spread for this one. It is 223 for the over-under, and the Rockets are one-point underdogs on the road. I almost said favorite, but they're getting plus one. Let's start with, ooh, let me check the injury report really quickly for everybody. 
I don't. I didn't believe I saw one uh, earlier. Yeah, neither of the teams released anybody on their injury report. Oh nope, nope. The the Rockets did. Uh, they have Kenyon Martin Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., Broderick Thomas, and Dante Exum. Uh, they're all out, so it's not much. And Pelicans played tonight. They didn't have anybody on the injury report. Uh, well, let's start. If you want to kick us off with the Rockets, I know this we just saw. I, I, outside of those four guys uh, that don't probably aren't going to crack the rotation, uh, we saw them play their first game with pretty much everybody in there. Uh, and maybe Kevin Porter Jr. will when he's up to speed. But we saw everybody play in the last one, and I got some interesting results. But how do you feel about this matchup in particular with this Rocket squad? Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I'm I'm I've been staring at this team for a little while, and just I think trying to predict where the usage is going to come from is is really difficult because I these guys we don't have a lot of I guess actionable information on how they're going to share the ball, who's going to be taking the last shot, uh, who's going to be the lead playmaker between Wall and Oladipo, and. Um, I think the one thing we can be confident in is pretty much all the usage is going to funnel through their main five guys, you know, Christian Wood, Oladipo, Wall, Cousins, Eric Gordon, and then everyone else is just going to be fighting for just the absolute scraps. So in that sense, Houston is a, a really interesting team in the long term because we know their usage is going to be condensed heavily towards those five guys. Uh but this is just, it's a little bit of a difficult matchup, too, against the Pelicans who have really slowed down their pace. They, they've improved dramatically on the defensive end from, from last season. Um, yeah, I'm, I want to be excited about this team. I want to be excited about this game. But I'm not finding myself going here. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not really going on their side as well. I do... I mean, I think that there is some upside to Oladipo and John Wall at their price tags, yeah. but I've only seen one game from them, and um, there's better options out here that I'm more comfortable with knowing that they can hit this price tag and they can exceed it more than five, six times. To where where everybody's priced, kind of, there's the usage is being is going to is dispersed a little bit, and I just um, don't want to attack them in this particular game environment with a team that is bottom 10 in pace and not, not that they're great defensively. They just slow the ball, uh, the, the game down and right. don't, don't make it easy on you. So, uh, not, I'm not going to have too much exposure here. I just think the price tags aren't where I want them to be to where if I'm taking a GPP flyer, if I take John wall, he can possibly get me 45, 50. He could, yeah. but the odds of that are going to be low and same with, with cash. Um, he could easily exceed that five times, but the odds are lower because there's so many different guys that they don't, they haven't even gelled yet. So, yeah, I think I'm with yeah, you. You're just and Boogie Cousins only played 11 minutes in the last game. So, what happens if he gets <laughs> up to 22 to 25 minutes in this game? Yeah, and that's what they so, said they wanted him to do uh, right. originally, and, and maybe he can now going against Zion in 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 Adams front court. But uh, and I can't trust that. At sixty-two, that's that's hard. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, man, how do you feel about the Pelicans? They do have a solid matchup here. Uh, they're also pretty. They got a little price bumped down 
it, since the since we last seen him, since, since we last seen them, if I can get those words out. Uh, but yeah. can you go back to the well on, or can you look at an Ingram, a Zion, Alonzo Ball kind of on and off with an injury at five K? I think. I mean, you kind of look at Lonzo's last game. That's a classic <laughs> upside Lonzo spot. Uh, just what he put up against Milwaukee. You know, forty-seven fantasy points, thirty-five minutes. 10 of 20 shooting, and he was on fire from 37, from 13, from 3. That's kind of what we've been waiting for all season for him to show us that upside. And, and his, like his brother, his his game is just, when he's rolling, when he's getting the minutes and he's healthy, his game is just so conducive to fantasy fantasy scoring because he can contribute. You know, if he scores 12 points, you're 12 to 15 points, you're, you're probably going to be pretty happy with how much he can contribute in the ancillary stats. So at 5K, you know, another 5K guy, the theme of this slate, I think Lonzo Ball is a tremendous, tremendous play. Uh, Steven Adams at 5.5K, not a guy I normally go to, but this is such a cheap tag for a guy who just has a rock-solid rock role and is going to be needed against Boogie Cousins and Christian Wood, uh, who are always going to be on the floor in this matchup. Um, so a little scary. He's coming off 38 minutes, the second night of a back-to-back. But I think you can definitely play Adams in cash games at 5,500. And Ingram and Zion, I always have a little bit of difficulty parsing which one to play or which one is the better play. Uh, Ingram has definitely shown the better upside in ceiling throughout the season. Zion, I I couldn't believe this stat, but... Um, maybe, oh, he did pass it today, but he had not passed 44 fantasy points the entire season. And that was just kind of mind blowing to me. Um, but that's kind of been his issue is connecting everything together where he gets the blocks and seals upside, the rebounding upside, uh, along with his efficient scoring. So I, I like the tag 7,400. I think that's perfectly reasonable and another really great spot. Uh, PJ Tucker is kind of a tough matchup for him. Uh, or uh, I guess a good archetype that could defend Zion. But, yeah, I think I'm me- leaning more towards the cheaper guys, Steven Adams and Lonzo Ball for cash games. Yeah, and I don't mind Zion just because he's pretty much bringing you back 40 almost on a regular basis. But like right. you said, the upside there is not higher. Uh, he's just not bringing you higher than that 40. So if, you want, if, you're, if you're stuck at 74, one, one of your last two spots, and you're trying to get a cash build, yeah, if you, if you want a safer 39, 40-point uh, flourish type of thing, I like Zion. But if you're looking to swing for the fences and get a higher upside, he's just not bringing it there. Uh, I think there's some better options than Ingram out there, uh, even though he's in a decent matchup. But I'm, I'm with you when the, the Zion or the Steven Adams and Lonzo Ball, uh, they're both suppressed. And depending on if, if Lonzo plays on the second night of a back-to-back, he wasn't even supposed to play against the Bucs. Uh, they, they, he left the the game before wasn't looking likely he was going to play. Then all of a sudden he played and had maybe his best game of the season, which, okay, it's, it's that's how the season's going. But at 5K, yeah. he's another. He's definitely another option there with high upside that we can throw in there. Uh, Steven Adams, you mentioned him. He's in a pretty good matchup. And, and at 5'5", five, five, he's also suppressed. And uh, there's not too many great center options that I like on this slate. So if I'm going cheaper... Uh, he's 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 in play for me as well, and I think those are the two guys I like the most on this squad as well. Right, agreed. It's right, man. Long, I think. Yeah, let's go. We're already halfway through the slate. Uh, we <laughs> have the next one is the ooh the big rivalry that 
uh, has been not simmering lately. It's just on the back burner. But we have the Los Angeles Lakers at the Boston Celtics, and we don't have a spread for this one, um, not as of yet. But we have an injury report on the Celtics. We have Peyton Pritchard and Romania Langford both out for the Lakers. We have Casas. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say Giannis's little brother. That makes everybody know who it is a little bit more probably. And Jared Dudley both out. AD and LeBron questionable, of course. Uh, wouldn't be a Laker game if they weren't at least questionable heading into it. Uh, but we have, weirdly, Anthony D- AD was 8,900 the other day and, and then didn't play. Now he jumped up to 9,300. Uh, we have LeBron at 10-3 uh, who's been playing just fantastic. He, he's He's turned it on. Um, I'll, yep. I'll, I guess I could start with the Lakers. Uh, yeah, if I'm going to play one of those two, here LeBron's turned it on, but AD has the matchup advantage for sure in this one. Whether he plays power forward or or they put him at center, uh, nobody really on the Celtics can guard him. So I, I would lean AD here, but LeBron's just been super safe. So, um, but he is in that ten three range where we have a Luca on the slate. We mentioned. Both two guys in Giannis and, and Lillard also who are in good spots. Uh, but I think AD still a little bit cheaper. He, eventually he's going to get back to that 10K range when he starts to amp up, when he starts to turn that switch. Uh, so I think we can take advantage of that here. Outside of them, I don't really want to play anybody. Uh, it all depends on if one of these two guys Mitch, miss a game, which LeBron is looking like he's not going to miss any time. But if AD misses, yeah, then we can go back to the Kyle Kuzma, um, the train over here. Maybe we can get a little bit of Harrell at 5,500, uh, but maybe Markeith Morris gets at 3,400, gets some more time. But honestly, it's it's those two guys are bust for me usually with this team. Yeah, uh, this is this is definitely the game environment I like targeting the Lakers stars where we can we don't have to worry about potential blow well possibly but potential blowout risk um, and then them really holding back. LeBron and AD's minutes if they if they get got the opportunity to do so, and that's when that's when you want to hop on LeBron when you, you don't have to really take that into in, into consideration. Everyone else, if those two guys are in, they're just in a void for me on this slate. I'm not I'm not looking to dumpster dive with Marquise with the Morris brother, uh, Caldwell Pope at three a Gasol. I just don't think these guys are needed if both stars are in. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's how it's going to be last year. It's how it's going to be this year. Uh, they're just usage monsters. But on this Boston side, this is just a tough matchup for everybody. Anybody that plays the Lakers, especially after a, a letdown loss against the Pistons, a big, big 15-point loss against the Pistons, uh, they're going to come back and be really pissed off on this one. Uh, I would, if I'm going to target someone, it would be, more Jalen Brown than Jason Tatum, just because if AD plays, those two guys are probably going to go head head to head for the most part, or or maybe not. Maybe they'll play extra big as they've been playing. Um, but I think I don't really want to touch either of them uh, comparatively on the slate. If I had to pick one, I'd go Brown. But at eighty five and eight K, it's not the the matchup necessarily that I want. And I think we have some other options out there. I would give um, Kemba Walker at sixty five a look if he's going to play and if he's going to play into the 30 minutes, he's been ramping up 
slowly and slowly and slowly. He only played 24 against Cleveland, but they beat him by 38 points, so it really wasn't much. Uh, last game, he played 27, the last game he played. So I think he might be close to 30 minutes, and at 65, that's that's not a bad price tag for me, uh, especially without fast P, uh, knowing that there's going to be extra minutes to go around. Outside of that, not too keen on anybody. This is just a very big defensive matchup. Uh, no one in the front court. It's it, the Lakers' front court is massive. I, I don't really yep. want to touch anybody there. I'd probably just go Kemba Walker um, and mainly go back and attack these other environments that I know are going to be much more fantasy friendly. Yeah, uh, this is the Lakers are by far the best defensive team by defensive rating at 105 then the the Grizzlies are second at 106.1 and they're also the 20th slowest team in in the NBA at 99.83 possessions per game which just is just not great fantasy (laughs) really a great fantasy (laughs) environment if everyone's healthy uh, uh, for opposing teams so uh, I think you could go here you know, maybe there's some merit to like a game stack with this being, you know, Lakers versus Boston and everyone gets extended minutes kind of a deal. But I, I think we can do better. Just the, all the Celtics key guys are healthy pretty much. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm looking I'm looking for other at other spots. All right, man. That- quick work of that game a big i'm gonna i'm gonna love watching this game on tv i'm just not oh, gonna yeah, have sure. much, much dfs interest in it uh but let's go to the the next game at 8 30 and then after that we're we're in the late game slates uh, but this next game hopefully it plays we have the memphis grizzlies at san antonio spurs they were supposed to play um the other day i believe or maybe i was wrong um, but we're going to have this one. Grizzlies haven't played in a while. There's no spread for this one. On their injury report, we don't have anybody for the Spurs yet, but we do have quite a few people ruled out on the Grizzlies. I'll just go quick. Grayson Allen, Triple J, Sean McDermott, Jonte Porter, Killian Tilly, Jonas Valanciunas, and Justice Winslow all out for the Grizzlies. Uh, let's start with the Grizzlies, man. Um, knowing that there's no J-Val, Knowing that there's Triple J and, and Justice Winslow are are never going to play again, apparently, uh, there's pro- they right. probably will start uh, Xavier Tillman again at center, I believe, uh, and Brandon Clark at power forward, uh, Kyle Anderson at small forward, Brooks at shooting guard, Ja at, at point guard, and then everybody else steps up a little bit. Grayson Allen, his minutes that those are crucial minutes because now we get more for the the wing guys here. Uh, but who are you looking at on the Grizzlies side? Yeah, I think you got to lead it off with uh, Xavier Tillman, especially if he starts at 3,500. And even if he doesn't, um, I think he's still incredibly safe for, you know, bare minimum 25 to 28 minutes. Like, uh, Gorgie Jang at this point in this, his career is not a guy they're going to overextend, you know, past, you know, 20, you know, 20, 24 minutes, something like that. And... Even there, I think I think they would like to develop the young guy if given a chance, and they kind of showed that in the two games they played. Uh, what about ten days ago, where they gave Tillman twenty eight and twenty nine minutes? So I think he's just the best value play on the slate. He has power forward and center eligibility, which is awesome, uh, letting us play three centers if we want. So I think you just lock him, probably just lock him into your cash games and move on to different spots. Um, 
Brandon Clark is solid. I I haven't <laughs> that's how really I feel been... exactly. Uh, that's He's... what I wanted. To, I was going to say exactly. Yeah, and the way that you're saying it, like I like him, but um, do I? At the yeah. same time, <laughs> it's it's you can see that you. I can see both angles of it where he just kind of has to play and he's been really good this season uh, after, especially after a slow start. But yeah, I mean the power forward center eligibility really helps uh, get, let him get, get him in, let you get him into your lineups, but we'll see. I, I, I think if builds end up being more balanced, he makes a ton, a ton of sense. Um, in that kind of construction. And then John Morant at 7,100 is just ridiculously low for him. Uh, I think they're going to, he's had a ton of rest to really heal from his, um, the injury. He, I forget what his injury was exactly. Uh, grade two left ankle sprain. So, I mean, he's, he has more, more than enough time to heal from that. I think they're going to let him go right away. And the Spurs are not a team I'm afraid of defensively anymore. Uh, and, yeah, that's just, just too, too cheap for a guard who's expected to play 35-plus minutes. There's no – he's missing a big usage component in Jonas Valanciunas. And we can just expect the ball to be in his hands for a majority of the game. Yeah, the the Spurs are top 10, just, just inside the top 10 on defensive rating. But they're also uh, – in the top 10 in pace. So they play very fast also. And I think John Morant at 71, very reasonable price tag. I know we haven't seen these guys in, in a week or two, uh, but that's a very reasonable price tag. And I'm definitely yeah. going to have some shares of him. Uh, you mentioned Brandon Clark. I will have some shares, but it, it, like you said, it, it goes both ways. I don't know if I like him so much or if I just like him. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. that. I think, I think Kyle Anderson's a decent, Five six, but I have so many guys with higher upside out there that we mentioned um, that I can play. But Xavier Xavier Tillman thirty five, lock him in at uh, if he's especially if he starts or uh, he should see twenty five minutes at minimum, and that's fantastic price tag. You're 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 not asking him to do much just to bring back value, so love it. Um, and then the two other guys I like down here, Desmond Bame and, and John Concar without Grayson Allen um, and knowing that they're going to be getting extra minutes. I think at 3,200 and, and the literal bottom at 3K for Kankar, those are, I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from taking some shots on those guys. I think they're both going to play a good chunk of minutes. Uh, apparently that this coaching staff does not like DeAnthony Melton as much as I do. So I think they're going to see a, a decent amount of time here and they make for some GPP flyers. And if you're really going top heavy, which I'm not going to be doing too much. Maybe I'll have Tillman and one of these guys in there um, to to uh, knowing that I'll get some value out of them. But yeah, I think there's there's a lot to like on this this Grizzlies team. <clears throat> I think so. I think I think this is a great team. After you plug in Tillman and you kind of get a sense of who you want your build arounds to be, that you can look to this team for some kind of last piece in mm-hmm. type of plays who you feel you can feel really good about. You know, if you need. A guy, a 6K power forward or center, you know, I think Clark is a, it's a really good play. I think 5.6, as you mentioned, for Anderson, if you need a wing, a wing play is very reasonable. 6.3 for Dylan Brooks, I think is very reasonable. Uh, yeah, I you know. I think that's kind of, I'm going to how I'm going to approach 
Yeah, this and team I, overall. I like the way you said it. Don't Jaw pl- and Tillman. Yeah, I like the way you said it. Don't plug them in immediately, but if you if you're around there and you're looking later, there's a team you can definitely go back to and then plug some people in uh, in the holes that you have with available cash. But let's flip it on over to the Spurs side, man. Uh, everybody is a little suppressed here, and and I'll start it with Demar Derozan at seven K. Uh, this guy was close to 8K earlier, and, and in 8K, close to 9K, I mean. Now he's only at 7. He just keeps dropping, and at this point, yes, I'll I'll continue to play him. I played last game. It wasn't great return, but 30, 37 when you only paid 7. Uh, fantastic matchup for him again. Just his price tag keeps going down, and he's not playing bad. So I'm not totally understanding why, but... I'll take it and, and run with it. Um, yeah. Outside of him, Keldon Johnson's under 6K again. We have Aldridge under 6K going up up against a backup center. Um, yeah, or I, I should say a backup backup center because normally Brandon Clark would be the backup center. So, I mean, I'm going to have a, a good amount of exposure to this side of the ball too. Aldridge, at 54 for Aldridge, even if he has a bad Aldridge game, he could still bring you back value. Keldon Johnson's been playing really good. It's a good matchup. Uh, yeah, I, I like a lot of the Spurs, those guys. Even Jakob Pertl, I won't have too much of him because Tillman is guaranteed a bunch of extra minutes. Uh, but at 3,900, this is a decent matchup for him to have to, to run in there if he has to. So I, I think there is some value to be found here in uh, a team that's just seeing their price tag drop for some odd reason. Yeah, I, I don't really understand it either. Uh, these guys are, we know what their role is uh, in terms of minutes, usage. It's a very known commodity team. And their price for a long time had been just going through the roof where I think Deontay, Deontay Murray got up to, yeah, he got up to 8.1K against Portland. And now he's at 6. Yeah, now he's at 6.3. So maybe that's just a DraftKings something wrong with the algorithm where they're just <laughs> dropping a bunch of these guys. I'm not sure. But this is, as hopefully listeners are, as we're going through the show, that so many strong plays in the 5K range, then we're getting so, so many good plays in the 6 to 7K range that builds are kind of looking balanced or, or really mm-hmm. strong at, at the very least. Um, I like, yeah, I think Murray and DeRozan are the two guys I would key in on in this spot uh just too cheap for their role usage their usage profile it is the second night of a back-to-back memphis has been good defensively this season but i'm gonna bet on the usage so yeah yeah i'm gonna bet on the usage i'm gonna bet on the minutes and it's a good bet to do um i i'm not sure what this spurs deal is to where they're getting suppressed like this but we can definitely take advantage while it's still here uh and yeah, we have two more games to get into, man. Just two more. And before I do that, I want to stop the show for just a quick second and mention out the the Bruise Letter, guys. Uh, so it's an, it's an email newsletter, and it's filled with the uh, most intimate fantasy nuggets from Aaron Brewski. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website, not on any podcast, not on social media. It's only in this email newsletter. And you can sign up and get it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, it's bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. Aaron Brewski straight to your inbox. I also want to mention the fantasy pass uh, and the DFS pass. So we know that the your draft season's all over. We're 
almost in February now. Uh, but the Fantasy Pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. Uh, there's zero commitment. Right now, you can get everything to dominate all year in your season-long leagues, updated projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the HoopBall Discord server, where you can hang out with HoopBall pros and around the clock and get one-on-one help with your team. Uh, and if you just want the DFS Pass, hang out with myself, Aaron, and everybody else on the team, uh, it's only $1.99 a month. And the Discord, honestly, is the game changer in all of this so we're doing this podcast a little bit early we do the articles a little bit early so everybody gets the information but in 2020 2021 this nba season and in sports in general last minute news has been crucial and that's where we can help you uh, especially with we mentioned the heat everybody on the heat is pretty much questionable right now and when we figure out exactly who's in who's out then we know exactly where to go from that uh, with a better a keener eye and not everybody on the injury part is going to be out and not everybody on the injury report is going to be the ones that are out because that's what we are in in, in circumstances. So the Discord is huge. Um, but let's get back to this this regular schedule program and get into our second to last game of the night. This game starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we have the uh, Phoenix Suns at the Dallas Mavericks. No spread for this, uh, but we have Devin Booker. I believe he is out for this one. Um, on the the sun side um yeah the Mavs don't have anybody because they played but we have booker out damian jones out cameron payne out dario sark out and um one of their two-way guys that we don't have to mention uh but man how do you feel about the sun's team we it's a pretty good matchup in in general here yeah uh the mavericks have been definitely a team i've been looking to target especially over the last uh couple of weeks or so and without Booker the usage gets so condensed to Aiton Chris Paul and then their three wings Mikel Bridges Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson um I'm again I'm not there's just too many good mid-tier plays I'm I'm having I'm having a lot of trouble deciphering how to break break down this this bracket tier because I think all these guys are just in outstanding spots. You know, I think Aiden, <laughs> Chris Paul would be normally be awesome plays on a normal slate, but <laughs> seems like we've had close to like ten to fifteen on the slate. I mean, how do you how do how do you view their in relation to every every everybody else? I'm not sure. Yeah, so the three wings, I like them, and at the same time. I don't know how much exposure I'm going to get to them just because we ha- there are so many other guys out there that I like around this price tag. Um, Bridges and Crowder are pretty much priced evenly. Cam Johnson, 53. I think there's we, we mentioned quite a few guys at that borderline of 5K, 5.4 that I like, that I, I, I'm safer on, and I think there's a slightly higher upside than Cam Johnson. Um, but the other two guys, they're – on the outside, looking in at my player pool as well, just because I think there's better options. Um, Chris Paul, though, 7,600, and DeAndre Ayton, I will have some shares, more so Ayton. I'm not huge on many of these um, center options if I don't go top tier. Um, yeah. And I think he's a, a good mid-tier guy to target out of the guys that I was looking at. Uh, Zion, There's like Zion, Porzingis, Christian Wood. I think Ayton without... Booker there has the higher upside of them. Does he hit it? Who knows? I mean, he he has been very inconsistent this year, but the upside is still there, especially without Booker. So for me, I'll go eight in a little bit more. 
Uh, and then Chris Paul still he his price tag dropped again after a some somewhat subpar game, but he's been really good lately, especially with no Booker. So his role just continues to go. Um, and I won't I won't have too many shares just because we just mentioned Ja at seventy one in a better game environment, uh, or maybe not a better game environment, but those both those teams like to push the pace. So I'll have more exposure to him. But I won't mind Paul as a as a contrarian type of GPP throw down there. Yeah, it's. I think the best way to approach this this overall situation is figure out uh, just in general, in terms of a slight overview, is figure out who you just have to have in your lineups. So, like, make sure you plug in Xavier Tillman. Figure out which big stud you want to build, and then go from there. Because you can. Uh, I mean, I'm as we're going through this slate and. Just the pre the pre pod work I did going through to say I found myself getting overwhelmed with so many good plays <laughs> that I think this slate especially it's going to be so important. Just make sure you whittle down your player pool, uh, find what situations you want to attack, and build your player pool in that direction. Otherwise, you're just going to get overwhelmed with who to play or who who to fade and everything else. I like it. How about, how about- Man, how about on this Dallas side? We have Luca Porzingis. Uh, can you can you go to them? I I think so. I I think one of the big questions I'm working towards is Luca against a pretty good Phoenix defensive team, slower slower paced team, but he also has the usage, the rates, and contributes in every stat category. Or you get Damian Lillard for the same price tag against the Bulls with basically all. His usage mates uh, missing in that game and just the absolute nuts game environment. Um, maybe this might be a hot take, but right now I think I might be leaning Dame over Luca uh, for cash games. But it's definitely open open to change <laughs> later on. And <laughs> I'll, I'll be on the Discord tomorrow, so I'll be able to answer kind of my updated thoughts as more news and things come out. But I Luca is always in play. Especially if you have the value value to fit him in, his his usage profile, his minutes, everything is is always conducive for cash games, and he has the best. I think he has the best floor of anybody uh, in basketball. So yeah. that's. I mean, uh, I, I think that's where I'm at there. I think I have a slight lean towards Dame in cash games right now, but if you went Luca, absolutely zero problem. Kind of, I, my approach to Luca this year has just been, hey, do, is there enough value to play him? Then I should probably play him. I like that, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I might have a couple shares of him, but I'm not going to go overboard. I'm not going to gravitate towards him. Uh, but he's never a bad play, like you mentioned. And with everybody else on this team, I'm not really too high on playing a lot of these guys. They're all in that four or five k range. I think we mentioned a lot more people that are in safer roles and a lot more people that haven't aren't starting to like Josh Richardson normally at four, 4.2. If he was playing 30 something minutes, like he was before he had to miss a two, two, three weeks, I'd be playing him at four, two, but now I don't know how many minutes he's going to be able to handle it uh, yeah. in his second game back. So I'm not going to have too much exposure to anyone. I'll have a little bit of Luca and that's, that's probably it. Um, uh, but this this last game and this one I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I think 
I will have a maybe I'll have a hot take on this last one, but we have the Detroit Pistons at the Golden State Warriors. Pistons are uh, the over under for this one we have is two twenty five, and the Warriors are six point home favorites. For the Pistons, we have just Killian Hayes as out on the injury report, and the Warriors we have those three: uh, Marquise Chris, Alan Smailjic, and Clay Thompson all out. The three guys that we know that are out. Uh, but let's let's start on Detroit, and I'll start with. Grant here at 7,800. We're finally back to under 8K, and this is a very good price tag for him. Uh, he's been playing not great. He, he's only hit full, over 40 points in uh, one of his last five games. Before that, he was on a heater. He's starting to go on a cold spree. Uh, the He went 4 for 15, 3 of 19, 6 of 13, 7 of 13, 5 of 14. Two, decent, two good shooting games in there, but three really bad ones in that. Um, I think you can take a look out of him at him because this is a good matchup, but I'm not going to have much of him. I'm, I'm probably not going to play him. Maybe I won't play him. Maybe one, one of 20 of him, uh, just cause there's so much value on here. I don't think I need to pay up for grant when he's not playing. Um, when he's putting up more realistic numbers that, that I had coming into the season than what he was yeah. doing in that first couple weeks. He's playing more like that guy uh, that shouldn't be seven, eight. He should be about a six, nine would be really good for him. At 78, I think we can find more value there. Everybody else, th- this is just a, a hard team to peg on, on every given night. I mean, Blake Griffin had 20 points, 23 points the other night, first 20-point game of, of the season, I believe. Um, 59 is not bad, but he's not grabbing rebounds, so his, right. his floor is not safe. DeLone Wright's playing good. Uh, Wayne Ellington keeps being on a heater. Maybe I can look at him, but I think there's a lot more guys that – when I put into my lineup, I'm like, okay, that's that's a, a sexier name with higher upside at 5K yep. that we already mentioned. So not going to have too much of him or Plumlee. I probably won't play much of this team, and even though it's a good, decent matchup and high pace spot. I, I just maybe Josh Jackson at 45, but um, I, I I won't have too much of this team, which is I didn't think I was going to say that earlier. Yeah, I mean, I I think you nailed it. Just. Jeremy Grant's the only guy we can really rely on minutes-wise. Everyone else, even the regular rotation guys, kind of platoon around that 27 to 32-minute range. They don't really get extended much beyond that. Uh, Mason Plumlee at 5,400, I think, is a pretty uh, pretty safe cash game option, Uh, especially if you kind of look at the last three games, 27, 28, 28 minutes. And double-double in all of those games. Um, Excellent. That's exactly what we're looking for. And James Wiseman's a rookie I've been looking to attack uh, pretty successfully uh, the early part of this season. Uh, So I think you could go there if you did want to get a piece of this game. But the rest of the Pistons guys, they're just a little too expensive. And I'm just not not all that interested at, at these price tags. Right, awesome, man. Let's flip the script and go to the warrior side. I'll jump it with Steph Curry. I'm playing Steph Curry, 97. I know he's getting a little bit higher. I really like this matchup. Uh, He torched them last time. I believe he will do it again. I I really like Curry in this matchup. Um, Even without Hayes on the other side of the ball, I just... He's due for another big game, and I think this is this is where it comes. As long as it stays competitive, and if the Pistons play like they did against the Lakers and beat them or keep it close, I think Curry's in for 
quite a few uh, chef chef moments here. So I'm going to play a lot okay. of him. <laughs> I don't, and then everybody else, I don't. Uh, it's one of those teams where they're all fairly priced. Like Wiggins is in a decent spot at 63, but I think I'd rather just go with Murray at, at 63. Um, right. But I, I don't mind if you're having a couple people in that 6K range. I don't mind throwing him in there as well. Uh, but I think they're all there's so much value on this slate that. I think Curry is the guy I like on this team, and then everybody else. Maybe I'll pick and choose here and there, but I'm not going to play much Ubre, even though Draymond's all the way down to five one and is screaming, "Play me, play me, play me." He's just not being assertive enough on offense to where I want to play him, play him, play him. Uh, so, and James Wiseman really liked the matchup for him, but there's if this was on another slate where there wasn't so many options around that five K range, I would play him more, but. We've mentioned about 10 that I already like, so I'm just going to play Curry on this side. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of Steph, with Steph. <laughs> just in terms of he's I, – I played him, and I played him a lot. I think I played him three, you know, three or four times early on this first month of the season. But for, in tournaments, I love it. You know, I, I think his, his game is perfectly suited for a, a huge spike if, you know, games he hits – seven, eight, nine threes, and, you know, he's scoring 35 to 40 real-life points. But in terms of building a cash game floor, for me, he's so, so scoring-reliant, which is uh, has really hurt his range of outcomes uh, this whole season, where a guy in this price tag, I just want a little more relative floor uh, when, I'm pay- when I'm paying 9.7, you know, one of the most expensive price price tags on the slate so i don't i don't fault you at all it's steph curry and he's probably going to drop 50 <laughs> 50 tonight <laughs> after i'm saying uh, i'm going to be fading him in cash games but again it's steph curry you know it's a guy and in, in an in an excellent defensive matchup so if you went there cash games i wouldn't fault you i'm just i'm just not going to be i'm not going to be on the play and then I think you nailed the ancillary guys perfectly. Andrew Wiggins at 6.3, Kelly Oubre at 6K, Draymond at 5.1. Yeah, all these guys are fine, but we've said probably 10, 10 guys throughout the slate that we liked quite a bit more who are just going to be better point-per-value plays. Um, so you can go here if you wanted, if you really wanted to get action on this game, but... I think I'm going to be focusing in on a couple other game environments. Yeah, and and like I like Wiggins here, but uh, at the same time, we have mentioned so many guys that I don't. I'm not going to force it. Right. Um, but all right, man, that's it for all of our eight games. Before we head on out of here, do you want to give the people some Saturday Sensei uh, advice on who would be your Who's your go-to guy? I know there's there's a lot of value to be had here, uh, but who would be your one staple that you know, all right, this guy is just either I think he's going to go off uh, or he's too cheap or whatever the case is. Who's that one guy that, that you're you're going to put in the majority of your lineups? Well, I, I think the guy I want to <laughs> – this is tough because I don't, I don't know exactly if I want to play him in my cash game builds yet. Uh, it's still definitely early, but the guy the research points to uh, is Damian Lillard at ten point six. 
just this game environment is so absolutely incredible. He's getting one of the best, worst defensive teams in Chicago. Uh, both teams play relatively fast. Both teams are really poor defenses, which leads to more, more and more possessions. And he, he has all his usage uh, usage mates missing with him. And as we said, it was one of the highest totals at 233 in a one-and-a-half-point one spread game. Uh, so it should be a competitive game environment. Um, I, I think I'd flag plant Dame Lillard. Um, I like point. it. I like it. And uh, I think I'm probably going to play Tillman just because 3,500. He gets you that Damian Lillard without yep. having to uh, – break the bank anywhere else so i'm probably going to be playing a lot of him hoping that game plays and hoping he gets that starting job which game starts at 8 30 p.m first tip off starts at eight we should know by before that first lock if he started but i think 25 minutes is a safe floor for him and knowing that aldridge is sometimes he's just allergic to rebounds in a couple games so i think he's in a pretty good spot there as well um but i like the lillard call man and uh, good luck to you (laughs) <laughs> I I will be on Discord tomorrow uh, with updated thoughts, but um, even if I don't end up playing him in cash games, I 100% will have him in, in tournaments in single-entry MME. Uh, I, I think he, it just might end up being a situation where we can't afford him for cash game builds, but uh, I'll, I think he's just the best play, the best raw play of the slate. I like it. And guys, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Santino Cacone. That's S-A-N-T-I-N-O-C-A-C-C-O-N-E. And Aaron is at Asmus Sports. That's A-S-M-U-S-S-P-O-R-T-S. And as Aaron said, he will be on the Discord tomorrow. So um, he will be answering your late-minute questions. And this isn't a – we don't have to worry about multiple slates or multiple times to answer questions. Uh, We just have one time, which I like it. But it's going to be a good one, and we have eight games to look at. Uh, probably a bunch of breaking news <laughs> that we didn't even cover because it's a uh, Saturday slate. <laughs> it's always there, right? and then that's just how the season's been going. But it's going to be a good one, and uh, good luck to everybody. Good luck to you, Aaron. Good luck to all our viewers, and we will catch you again next time. I believe Mike and uh, Chuck should be on tomorrow for our Sunday showdowns. And we will catch you again same time tomorrow. I almost I almost stole uh, said knuckleheads, which would have stolen <laughs> probably a copyright. Yeah. I, I said a few words before I said it, but all right, guys, good luck. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.